Hey everybody, another day, another dollar here in post-apocalyptic America. And uh, you can listen to the whole thing on the podcast if you're watching on TikTok or Instagram. Uh, just go over to any podcast app aside from Spotify, they banned us. But anywhere else, our big spot is Apple Podcast. And just search for the name of the show and you can get today's whole episode. So as we dig deep into FTX, as our researchers look further into this scandal, might be the biggest crypto heist of all time. First of all, Mt. Gox was almost 10 years ago. That was the last famous uh, heist that affected a lot of big people in crypto. And uh, so almost 10 years later, we get another crisis. And it seems like Tom Brady, who was one of their celebrity endorsers, one of their big promoters who appeared in some of their commercials and even some of their social media videos. Tom Brady could be the biggest loser from this FTX fallout. You know, the guy doesn't have enough money from all the Super Bowls that he's won and all the, celeb all the you know, endorsements from sports brands and stuff and being a celebrity. He's got he's to scam people by pushing FTX. So some of the commercials show him like using Bitcoin as a lure. They've got the actual Bitcoin graphic. And he's talking about Bitcoin and then he promotes FTX. When FTX shut their doors the other day, part of their Chapter 11 insolvency process, when they shut down their final accounting, this isn't you know confirmed, but it looks like they held no Bitcoin. Right? So here FTX is being tied to Bitcoin. They're using that to like sully the reputation of Bitcoin and other cryptos. And yet at the moment they close uh, down, they're not actually holding any, Bitco any Bitcoin. They're holding a bunch of junk, a bunch of random tokens and a ripoff of, uh, rip of Dogecoin or Dogcoin or whatever. That's not even Dogcoin, like a ripoff of Doge. Holding a bunch of garbage. Again, not even one Bitcoin in their company coffers. And yet Tom Brady took all these people who trusted him and trusted his celebrity and pushed them into FTX. So now not only do they not have any Bitcoins, Tom Brady's uh, supporters, they don't have any Bitcoins. They have an account that's either useless or has robbed money from them. Now, Tom Brady himself and his ex-wife, Giselle, uh, they might have gotten burned from FTX also. If they had money stored on the FTX platform. They might have lost money also. But here the guy was married to a Victoria's Secret model, was literally pumping out Super Bowl wins like, uh, I don't know, like somebody at McDonald's making hamburgers. The guy had a process. And then you got to blow it all by promoting this garbage crypto startup that, again, isn't even really crypto. It's a bunch of Democrat garbage, just money laundering firm calling itself a crypto firm. So uh, let me pause this for one second. So yeah, it seems like Tom Brady and these other celebrity endorsers of FTX created a negative first experience for many people in crypto by steering them again to this platform instead of actually helping them buy Bitcoin or Ether or another leading crypto. So they have potentially a bunch of junk tokens. And as they you know, go after FTX, I say leave no stone unturned. This is more a traditional financial fraud, it seems, than a crypto fraud. Because it's not as if there was a problem with one of the blockchains, right? This isn't like a mass hacking event. This was literally uh, a firm that was connected to some people in D.C. and was given such preferential treatment, right? Allowed to operate in the Bahamas with U.S. depositor money and taking in money from Sequoia Capital 
one of the uh, biggest venture firms in Silicon Valley. So allowed to operate like outside of the American regulatory system that already exists. Forget about crypto, right? There's already a series of laws and regulations that exist when you deal with dollars, right? In an investment capacity. And here they were just skirting all that stuff and mostly Democrat politicians gave them a, uh, a blank check to do whatever they wanted, it seems. Even meeting with regulators like they were the good guys. When in fact, now we know that this Sam Bankman Freed was a, uh, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing. And uh, again, I say no stone unturned. If you robbed people over this FTX stuff, you should go to prison. And the beauty of the blockchain is that all these smart people who've been burned, all these smart people can dig through the blockchain transactions and hopefully figure out exactly what happened. And in traditional finance, that's just not possible, right? If somebody wrote a big check to Sam Bankman Freed and then he deposits the paper check at his bank in the Bahamas, well, that's pretty opaque, right? There's no transparency there. There's nothing for the public to really dig into. Whereas the blockchain data is there. Whatever happened to FTX, if they were ever semi-legitimate and actually had you know, real assets, their downfall can be essentially replayed on the blockchain, which is incredible when you think about it. You know, This is a true technological innovation that we can basically replay what they did and what happened to various balances and where they sent it and piece this all together, hopefully. And again, that's just not possible in the traditional financial system. So this new world of blockchain money gives us greater control, not less control, right? The people don't get screwed on the blockchain. The people get more than ever before because part of leveling the playing field is just seeing where the money goes, right? It's one thing to have fair money and all this. It's important for the public to just see where money is flowing. I think that's basically a human right. Otherwise, you got a handful of people writing each other massive checks. And the rest of us, the other 8 billion of us on the planet, have no insight into what's actually going on or who benefits. And uh, I saw a really astute analysis from a friend of mine. A friend on Twitter posted this, this thread of like 12 tweets explaining what he thinks FTX was really up to. And... Uh, he says that you know, they were trying to get all these lenders. They were trying to buy out all these lenders and make it seem like they're coming from a position of strength, like they're kind of the buyer of last resort in the crypto space, right? So FTX starts trying to buy all these uh, embattled uh, crypto lenders, unsecured crypto lenders. Or I shouldn't say unsecured because they, they do have your crypto as collateral. Uh, but just like unbanked, I guess, right? You're taking out a loan from something that's not a bank and they sit on your crypto as the collateral. So these companies start to go belly up, starting with BlockFi. Uh, BlockFi having to pay out a $100 million fine to the SEC and shut down. And one of the other big lending uh, apps getting a notice from eight US states to stop operating because they didn't you know, do their licensing properly. So eight U.S. states doing a cease and desist, including New York, uh, going after them. And the SEC itself naming a couple of these lenders as being under investigation. And we haven't seen any updates since then. 
but we know they're under investigation. And so in swoops supposed good guy FTX saying, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to bail out these lenders. And yet the bailout was basically to prevent a margin call, <laughs> to prevent these shitty tokens, which underpinned not only FTX, but the balance sheet of these lenders, these illiquid tokens. One of them, it seems Sam Bankman Freed himself invented. He created it. One of these networks, Serum Network. He just made it. He just created it one day. And so these tokens are very illiquid. They don't have, you know, actual large markets trading them. And it just sits there in his wallet at FTX. And they give it this insane multi-billion dollar valuation. So these people are playing with money that in a sense was not there because they're all valuations based on tokens that aren't really trading, right? I can create a token, call it, you know, David Bucks. And I can say my token is worth $100 million each. And I'm sitting on 10 of these tokens, <laughs> right? Fact, $100 million each, and there are 10 of them. Well, does that make me a billionaire just because I said it on my podcast? No, because there's no market, right? There's no actual buyer. Just because you put a price tag on something doesn't mean that's what you have. And... Uh, so really absolute shadiness and all the celebrities, again, like Tom Brady, who promoted this to their followers, they all deserve to pay either fines or maybe making their fans whole again in some way. But they deserve to pay because they completely fucking misled people. And they could have directed somebody to like Coinbase or Gemini or even PayPal now. PayPal lets you buy the leading cryptos right from your PayPal app. They could have done that and they could have explained self-custody. You know, it takes only 30 seconds to explain. After you buy your crypto, don't leave it on the exchange. Leaving it on the exchange is roughly equivalent to buying a nice piece of jewelry at a jewelry shop in like Midtown Manhattan, right? Buying a nice watch and then leaving it there with the jewelry store. Hey, I just paid $3,000 for this watch, but I trust you. I trust you random sales guy. So here, you hang on to it. Even though it's my property and I just bought it, you hang on to it. Maybe I'll be back in a few months to wear my watch. That's not what people do. They, they take the item they bought and leave the store. Well, for some reason, people have this weird fetish of leaving their crypto on really, uh, <laughs> really tenuous exchanges and platforms. The exchange is just the place where you buy your crypto. It shouldn't be where you store it. And again, this only takes 30 seconds to explain. You go on uh, electrum.org. Electrum.org is one of the big uh, free wallets for Bitcoin. You download that wallet. It's available for Mac and Windows, even Linux. So you download this free wallet. Very easy to transfer your crypto from the exchange to that wallet on your computer. And that's called self-custody, right? Now the coins, now the private keys are literally on your hard drive. And if that exchange you bought it from were to go belly up tomorrow, it would have no impact on you because you have the coins, right? That's one of the things that makes crypto so incredible. And these guys like Tom Brady didn't explain that, of course, on Instagram to their millions of followers. Didn't explain it because they just wanted people to sign up for fucking FTX, for Democrat-linked FTX. And... Uh, so when I did the first three minutes of today's podcast, we recorded it in HD video and we put it up on our various uh, video accounts that we have, our TikTok backup and elsewhere. 
And that way it just draws a lot of people into the podcast. I think this is a winning formula. You know what I mean? And I don't mind doing the video because I'm sitting here anyways. So it's like a three minute teaser. And then if someone's interested, they can find this podcast easily enough and listen through to the whole thing. But uh, it's funny, I was looking on Twitter at some old tweets that big uh, Bitcoiners and Bitcoin journalists and stuff had directed at me years ago. And this one Bitcoin journalist who went on, I think to work for Coindesk, uh, but the guy just never liked me. And I saw a tweet from him way back July, I think July 20th, 2016, or late July 2016, right? And he's saying, David, Ethereum will never compete with Bitcoin. Please stop. You don't know what you're talking about. Please stop. <clears throat> and I notice there's, when I go back through these old tweets, I realize there's like a condescending tone toward me from a lot of people in crypto, just super condescending, right? Like, please stop, David. You don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, what are his qualifications? He's just like a blogger, just a fucking blogger who knows some people. <laughs> what makes him know more than me? Nothing. And so I see these old tweets. These people never considered me a friend. All these weird old prickly tweets. Please just stop talking, David. Well, I'm a journalist and a podcaster. Telling me to stop talking is sort of a fat fuck you, isn't it? <laughs> and maybe that guy should have listened, right? Saying, please stop. Actually, at the time you tweeted that, one ether was less than $10. So on a percentage basis, if you had held from then until now, you'd be up way more on ether than on Bitcoin. But these people act like, I just don't know what I'm talking about. And then there is a guy that, very big guy in blockchain, who uh, I used to be friends with, did some podcasts with him and stuff. And when my Pizzagate reporting took off, he completely, uh, completely froze me out, stopped responding to my texts, stopped responding to my emails, said, hey, you have the right to do that. You know, like, of course, in the adult world, if you don't like somebody anymore and you don't want to be their friend, you have a right to drop them. But I have a right to go, hey, the reason why you dropped me is super fucking disgusting because I covered, you know, those WikiLeaks emails. And this guy even admitted that that's how the world works. Oh, they just like to bang kids in Chicago. Ha 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 Like, that's funny. So this guy, you know, no longer a friend. And the other day I texted him to say, you know, Text them to say, uh, you know, I don't like having one-way conversations, so I'm going to remove you from my phone. And he sends me this text back, this nasty text. And I'm thinking, you know what? You guys were never my friends. I like blockchain stuff because it was an interesting topic, and I think it's a disruptive technology. But these people are always fucking pukes toward me. Just prickly, better than you all pukes. For no reason at all. <laughs> was right about Bitcoin. Was right about Ethereum. 100% right about those WikiLeaks. And people just stopped listening to me for whatever reason. Again, this guy, no longer a friend. Many people in crypto have a, a view of me that's based on essentially nothing. Based on just like, oh, that fucking guy. It's like, that's right, that fucking guy. Where does this come from? These people were never my friends. Where does all this weird animosity come from? And again, it's like people stopped listening. I was saying, investigate John Podesta. Not bring him into the White House and make him senior advisor. I think Joe Biden misheard me there. Investigate John Podesta. Don't make him your top advisor. <laughs> People did me dirty. So that's what it is, folks. 
I think they should go after this FTX thing with every tool in their tool belt. And if you robbed pe- if you robbed people blockchain or fiat, you should go to fucking prison. So those are my views. Thank you so much. Links in the description to the Fulcrum News NFT with only 250 unique items minted. If you're a fan of Fulcrum, collect one or more today. Our NFT is on Ethereum blockchain and only Ether is accepted as payment. You're listening to Fulcrum News, real news from America and around the world. Fulcrumnews.com slash subscribe to get our premium membership and updates via email.